Hey kids, welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is eight, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is five. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it very much if you decided to join us. What do you say? Let's get started. In today's episode, we are continuing the story of our good old friend, Joseph. Last we left Joseph, he'd just had the biggest promotion in history, going all the way from being a lowly slave and prisoner to being the prime minister of the most powerful country in the world, Egypt. He'd been given that promotion so that he could implement the plan that he'd suggested to Pharaoh. The plan to save up enough food in the seven years of plenty to carry Egypt through the seven years of famine. And Joseph went ahead and did just that. And the Bible says that Joseph gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. And as the seven years of plenty came to a close, Joseph could sit back and marvel at what God had done for Egypt and for him, and he could rest assured that Egypt was prepared for what was coming next. And the Bible says that the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. The famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine became very severe in the land of Egypt. So the seven years of famine came as expected, and the Egyptians began to rely on Joseph's provisions as expected. But something that maybe wasn't expected was that the famine wasn't just in Egypt. Notice that the Bible said that the famine was over all the face of the earth. So that meant that all the countries around Egypt were going through the same famine too. Oh boy, what were all those countries going to do? Well, as one might expect, once the people of those countries heard that Egypt had grain, well, they came to Egypt to buy some. And the Bible says that all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. Now, one of the countries near Egypt was Canaan. Now, we haven't heard about Canaan in a little while. But do you kiddos remember who still lives in Canaan? That's right. Joseph's family. His father Jacob, his brothers, 
who sold him into slavery, and all their wives, kids, grandkids, and all their families. They were all still in Canaan. Twenty years had gone by since Joseph had last seen them. Joseph's father Jacob was getting quite old, and his brothers were now middle-aged. And the famine was hitting them hard. Everyone in the family was worried. And over time, it got so bad that if they didn't do something soon, they were all going to die. And Jacob, the family patriarch, said to his family, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. And since this was such an important mission, it was decided that the ten brothers would go. That is, all the brothers except for Benjamin, the youngest. And with the weight of the family's survival on their shoulders, the ten brothers set out on the long journey to Egypt. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, once the famine had hit, Joseph had apparently decided that the job of selling Egypt's grain was so important that he could not trust it to anyone else. He had to take care of it himself. And so, day in and day out, the people came to Joseph to buy grain, both Egyptians as well as foreigners. And one day, while Joseph was taking care of this important job, he had some unexpected visitors. Joseph had been busy selling grain, probably saying something like, How much grain do you want? All right, that'll be $50, please. Thank you. Next. How much grain do you want? Yep, that'll be $100, please. Thank you. Next. How much grain do you want? And Joseph looked up to see who was next, and er, standing in front of him were his ten brothers. Joseph would have been shocked. It had been a long, long time since he'd seen his brothers. Probably so long that the memories of his family and his brothers felt like a distant memory. But then, out of nowhere, there they were, standing right in front of him. Now, while Joseph immediately recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him at all. And the Bible says that the brothers bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. And as Joseph stood there looking at his brothers, no doubt the painful memories flooded to his mind of how those very same brothers had tried to kill him and then had sold him into slavery, a fate worse than death. And no doubt the anger started to build inside of him. And then Joseph would have noticed that one of the brothers was missing, Benjamin, the only other brother born to his mother. Where was Benjamin? Why wasn't he there? What had they done to him? And 
where was their father? What had they done to his father? And the Bible says that Joseph acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. And through an interpreter, Joseph said to them, Where do you come from? Joseph had decided that he was going to pretend that he didn't know them or even speak their language. And maybe that way he could find out what had happened to Benjamin and his father. And the brothers, probably thinking that the rough behavior of this Egyptian was a bit strange, answered Joseph and said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. Well, that response didn't help Joseph to know anything about his brother or his father, and that's what he was interested in. But at the same time, Joseph realized that even if they had told him about his brother and his father, he had no way of knowing if he could believe anything that his brothers told him. I mean, these were the same brothers that had tried to kill their defenseless 17-year-old little brother. Who knew what else they were capable of? And Joseph decided that he was going to kill two birds with one stone. And he replied to them and said, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. Now, of course, Joseph had no reason to think that they were spies, though he wouldn't put it past them. But he needed them to volunteer some more information about where they came from. And he needed them to feel some pressure to tell the truth. So maybe calling them spies would accomplish both these things. Now the brothers were probably shocked at this. What possible reason had they given this Egyptian to think they were spies? The brothers knew that an accusation like that, especially by someone as powerful as this Egyptian, could get them killed. And the brothers quickly replied, No, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Psh, honest men. Yeah, right, Joseph probably thought to himself. And Joseph kept on pressuring them and replied, no, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And the brothers, probably wondering to themselves why this Egyptian was being so hard on them, finally replied with some of the information that Joseph was looking for. Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today and one is no more. Ah, so both his brother and his father were both still alive. Well, that was good news. But how could Joseph know for sure if his brother and father were still alive? He knew from experience that his brothers were excellent liars. For years, 
they'd managed to hide from him and his father just how much they had hated Joseph. And Joseph couldn't help but notice that they'd just lied to him when they'd said that one is no more. That is to say that their brother Joseph was dead, which the brothers well knew that he wasn't. Joseph wanted to believe them, but how could he know for sure that they were telling the truth when they had just lied to him? And so, Joseph decided that the only way to know for sure was to make them prove it. And he said, It is as I spoke to you, saying you are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you. Or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. Now, the brothers must have been absolutely beside themselves. What was going on? Why was this Egyptian being so hard on them? No one else around here was being accused of being spies. And why was this guy so interested in Benjamin? Why does he want one of them to go all the way back to Canaan to get Benjamin? Doesn't this guy know how far away Canaan is? By the time that one of them journeyed all the way back to Canaan, then brought Benjamin all the way to Egypt and got the grain, and hopefully, maybe, and went all the way back to Canaan again, well, by then, their families would be dead. Not to mention that there was no chance that their father would let Benjamin go in the first place. No, it was better to go to prison together as spies than to go on this fool's errand. And so, the brothers refused to go back and get Benjamin. And well, Joseph kept his word. And the Bible says that Joseph put them all together in prison. For three long days, they were in that prison together. Three long days where they would have had lots of time to think. To think about what in the world was going on to think about why all this was happening to them, and to think about their poor families, who were now doomed to starvation. But Joseph also knew that their families were doomed to starvation. And that obviously included his own brother and father. So they would have been three long days for Joseph, too worrying about how long he could delay the brothers without hurting their families. And at the end of the three days, Joseph just felt like he couldn't risk keeping the brothers in prison any longer, and he went to the brothers with a new idea. And he said to them, again through an interpreter, still pretending not to know their language, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house. But you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses. 
and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. So Joseph's new idea was that instead of one brother going back to get Benjamin, that all but one brother would go back to get Benjamin. And in the meantime, they could bring back some grain for their families to hold them over until this whole thing was settled. So what were the brothers going to do? Well, the brothers thought about it, and boy, they didn't like it. They wouldn't have wanted to leave any one of them behind, especially considering that their father most likely wasn't going to let Benjamin make the dangerous trip to Egypt, which meant that they probably wouldn't be coming back. And that meant that whichever brother ended up staying behind in prison would most likely never be getting out of that prison. But they really didn't have a choice. Their families needed food. And if the price was that one of them had to spend the rest of their lives in prison, well, so be it. And so they agreed to Joseph's new idea. One of them would stay here in prison while the rest took the grain back to Canaan. Now, throughout all of this, the brothers really were starting to get to their wits' end. Why was this Egyptian giving them such a hard time? What was his problem? Why, all of a sudden, were things going so bad for them? How was it happening that all of a sudden one of them was going to prison, probably for the rest of their lives? Was God punishing them? Was God punishing them for something that they had done? And in front of Joseph, thinking that Joseph couldn't understand them, the brothers quietly talked amongst themselves about this. And they said, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And then Reuben reminded them about how he'd tried to stop them, but that they hadn't listened. And now look at the mess that they were in. God was punishing them for what they had done all those years ago. Now Joseph, who was still pretending that he didn't understand their language, had heard the conversation perfectly. And to hear them talking about what they'd done to him all those years ago and finding out that they felt guilty about it, well, it was too much for Joseph. And the Bible says that he turned himself away from them and wept. It was probably the first time that Joseph thought, maybe, just maybe, his brothers were not the monsters that he remembered. Maybe, just maybe, his brothers had changed. After a few minutes, Joseph collected himself, wiped away the tears, and, remembering that he still needed to find out the truth about his father and his brother, went back. 
he picked Simeon as the brother who would stay behind. The brothers paid for some grain, and then Joseph gave the command to fill their sacks with grain as per their agreement. But then the Bible says that Joseph, without telling the brothers, also gave the command to restore every man's money to his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. So the money that the brothers had paid Joseph for the grain, well, he had someone sneak the money back into their sacks. Now, we don't know why Joseph did that. Maybe it had something to do with the brothers feeling guilty about what they'd done to Joseph. Or maybe Joseph just wanted to give the brothers every chance of making it to Canaan alive. We don't know. But what we do know is that Joseph kept it a secret. And so, the brothers loaded the sacks of grain, which included their money, onto their donkeys and started on the long journey home. When the brothers eventually arrived back home, they immediately went to their father and told him everything about how they had met the Egyptian that was in charge of selling all the food, about how he'd been super hard on them, about how he'd accused them of being spies for no reason, about how he'd decided that the only way they could prove that they weren't spies was, of all things, to go back to Canaan and get Benjamin, about how they'd been put in prison for three days, about how he'd then let all of them go except Simeon, sold them some grain, and finally about how he'd told them that if they ever wanted to see Simeon again, and if they ever wanted to buy grain in Egypt again, that they'd better bring Benjamin. Now, as the brothers were telling all this to their father, they were also emptying their sacks of grain. By then, their families were probably super hungry. And as they did so, the Bible says that. Surprisingly, each man's bundle of money was in his sack. Er, what? How had that happened? They had paid the Egyptian. So how had the money gotten back into their sacks? Now, of course, we know that Joseph had given their money back to them without telling them. But the brothers didn't know that. As far as they were concerned, it was going to look like they'd stolen the money back. And this was a disaster. That Egyptian was already super suspicious of them. And that was when they hadn't done anything that looked suspicious. Now, what was the Egyptian going to think after this happened? And not only that, but now that this had been discovered, what was their father going to do? They would have known that it was going to make their father realize that it was just that much more riskier for Benjamin to make the trip to Egypt now. I mean, what if the suspicious Egyptian thought that they'd stolen their money back? What would happen to Benjamin? Yeah, probably nothing good. But at the same time, the grain that they'd brought back wasn't going to last forever. 
they were going to have to go back to Egypt at some point. So what was Jacob going to do? Well, taking in the whole situation, Jacob said to the brothers, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin. My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. As far as Jacob was concerned, Simeon was already lost, and there was nothing to be done for him. And as for Benjamin, well, it was just too risky. And he just couldn't bear the thought of losing the last son of his beloved Rachel. Nope. No one was going anywhere. So how did the brothers react to this? Well, the brothers of 20 years ago, the brothers that had sold Joseph as a slave, well, those brothers would have been angry. I mean, didn't their father care that Simeon was stuck in a prison? Weren't they going to do something to help him? And what about all the families of the rest of the brothers? Were they all just going to starve so that their father's precious Benjamin didn't hurt a hair on his head? And being the violent, self-serving brothers that they were, they were probably already plotting to kidnap Benjamin and force him to go to Egypt. So were these the same brothers from 20 years ago? Well, no. You see, kidzos, in the 20 years that had gone by since then, they had changed. The brothers had allowed God to change them. They had seen their father suffer because of what they had done to Joseph. They had watched their father's grief and pain turn their father into a broken man. And this had made a big impression on the brothers. And the unexpected guilt of what they had done to Joseph and their father was ever-present. And over time, the brothers had changed from being violent, revengeful, murderous, horrible people to being unselfish, true to one another, and devoted to their father. They had changed to the point where even in this crisis, and even though their father was obviously still playing favorites, and even though their father was not making a good decision at this very moment, they still respected his authority, and they still obeyed. The brothers were changed men, and they were going to wait patiently for their father's direction. Well, time passed, and as expected, the famine did not let up. And very soon they were out of food again, 
the grain that they had brought back from Egypt had run out. And Jacob, now staring starvation in the face, approached the brothers and said, Go back, buy us a little food. And the brothers probably looked at each other, and then one of them, Judah, spoke up and said, The man, meaning the Egyptian, solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. This was not to disobey their father. It's just that the brothers knew that there was no point to go to Egypt unless Benjamin came with them. Jacob hesitated. And then Judah spoke up again and said, Send the boy with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. Now this probably didn't comfort Jacob very much, considering that there was a good chance that all the brothers were probably going to die anyways. But at the same time, Jacob realized that there was no other choice. And he, very reluctantly, agreed. And Jacob said, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man. A little balm, a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise, go back to the man. And may God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may release your brother and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. And with that, the Bible says that the brothers took the present and Benjamin, and they took double the money in their hand, and arose and went down to Egypt. And as all his sons disappeared off in the distance, no doubt Jacob couldn't help but be worried. Would they make it safely to Egypt? Would the Egyptian continue to be suspicious? Had the Egyptian found out about the money in their sacks? Would he still be willing to sell them grain? Or would they all die of starvation? What was going to happen next? Alright kidzos, we're going to have to leave it there for this episode. But don't worry, we're going to pick it up where we left off next time. So what did you guys think about the story so far? My favorite part was that the brothers didn't recognize Joseph. Yeah? What about you, Leah? 
My favorite part was that they didn't recognize Joseph. So that was your favorite part too? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was being silly not telling them who he was, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very silly. If I would have been them, I would have called him a crazy monster. Well, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day. God be with you. And I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.